Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Marchetto, and you're listening to episode 34. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Jessica Hoddle. Jessica helps women get emotionally and physically healthy while keeping God at the center of their lives. She is a speaker, podcaster for What's the Truth, and author of two best-selling books, Know Your Worth and A Worthy Wife, along with a third book, Own Your Worth. Jessica loves being a wife, a cat mama, and spending her free time outside whenever she can, golfing, hiking, reading, or writing. Thanks for being here, Jessica. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Um, Jessica, we are going to talk about something today. I feel like we could talk about a million different things uh, that could go for a long time, but something um, I'm just excited to chat with you about, especially right now in this season, um, is like is pain. And it sounds so heavy and deep, and it is. And I feel like women, uh, myself included, have experienced pain in so many different ways and different categories of your life, whether it's like self-inflicted by choices or it is something that's just a life circumstance. I feel like we all have something that's inside of us that maybe needs a little extra healing. Um, So I'm excited to chat with you today and hear your story and hear um, what you have discovered in your own healing process. Uh, So you could just first tell us a little bit just of your backstory and why you have become so passionate about helping women heal emotionally, physically, and spiritually, and ultimately just becoming free from our pain. Yeah. A, a quick, the quick synopsis <laughs> of the story, I would say, is this idea that I was the girl that put all of who I was and everything else except Jesus. I didn't know Jesus until I was 22. And therefore, before that, there was a lot of history, right, of just not knowing who I was, the search, uh, you know, even thinking then, like hindsight, people saying to know your word, I don't even think I had a recollection of what that meant. Because when you grow up in a home that's very unsafe and not secure, you kind of start to develop attachments to things that aren't your caregivers and hoping that they'll take care of you, meet your emotional needs, meet the the love that we were created for. And so therefore, I, I just started to turn to, the first thing I turned to was men, to fill that kind of void of do you love me? How can you love me? How can I change who I am so that you recognize me so that you see me? Then when I started my fitness business after I, I, I bought my first house at 22, accepted Jesus and started my fitness business all in the same year. That's a big year. <laughs> and then I realized that after I started my fitness business was I put all of who I was in my body. I put so much weight on how I looked, what my muscles were, the scale Because I thought, again, here's my cup. Will you fill me up? Mm -hmm. Will this be the thing that finally makes me feel fulfilled? You know, all the feels. Then it was, became not to my body, but then what I did, the business itself. Mm -hmm. Will I find the satisfaction? Will people think that I'm smart? Will they think that I'm worthy? And every area of these particular um, these particular areas of my life, I just started to become this emotional roller coaster. When one was up, I was up. If it was down, I was down. And it was these very high highs, low lows. And there was no really steady state of emotional processing or, or healing. So the reason why I'm passionate now is that I carried a lot of trauma, a lot of weight, a lot of pain for 
pretty much 27, 28 years of my life. I'm 32 at the time of this recording. And I just don't want women to have to delay their healing any longer and that there is a different way. Yeah. What, what happened to break you, I guess, from those trends of what, you know, your life looked like? Yeah. It's funny because I was a very stubborn girl. Uh, I, you could not get through to me because I was very independent, very independent. I'm taking care of myself. I'm my provider. That was my way of self-protecting in the sense of don't come too close to me because you might hurt me. I'll let you close enough to give me some kind of feeling. And what broke me was I was in a mastermind, a business mastermind. And the, the man that was basically a partner with this, this other woman, we call him the mindset maven. He actually became my spiritual father. So I worked with him in business and then he started speaking the truth in life into me on the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the only men in my life that had the authority to speak. And then he accepted this role as my spiritual father. So for five or six years, we ventured into these deep, deep waters where he just started to call me out on a lot of stuff. And he started to help me process. And I cried a lot and, and I would write him emails. And it was just this year of basically when I wrote my first book in 2014, the first chapter I wrote was a year from hell. And I, that's the actual chapter title <laughs> because I just hit rock bottom in relationships and business. I was exhausted and just so worn out. And that was really the breaking point, but also the starting point. Yeah. What were some of the things at the beginning of that? Like from going from somebody who is like, I'm going to provide for myself. I can take care of myself. Like I don't need anybody. Like how did that feel? Give us, give me a little bit of a glimpse into like the early like just the beginning of what that relationship looked like and some of the things he said to you and like how you took it and just what that did for your life. Yeah. I think the most important thing that was able to penetrate me was just love in a sense. Most of us don't really get to experience love in a, in a, in a way because we've been taught that love is verbal abuse or emotional abuse or kind of this give and take. Like, if you do this for me, then I'll do this for you. And that is what love is. And when we look at scripture, this idea that love is just so unconditional of the father. And I think that being willing, because that's really part of the most, when it comes to healing and pain, is that willingness to take responsibility for how I was responding, what I was like, I was holding pain and, and saying things in a sense that I was giving credit. Like I'm living this way because when I was five, my Mm -hmm. mom said this to me and I was 25, you know, I was 25, but still blaming something that somebody said over me. And it was this idea that he came alongside me to say, you have a right to feel what you feel, but this is not God's best for your life. Yeah, You don't have to carry this pain. Forgiveness doesn't mean reconciliation. And he started to kind of love on this wall of my heart that was so hard. Yeah. I mean, when when I say, I'm giving you examples, he would just call me out like, that's not right. That's not true. Like just whatever it was. I mean, there's many phone calls that would go two hours, three hours. And I would just sob and he would just continue to like speak or listen or give me instructions on this is not how a godly relationship looks like. Because that was one of my biggest downfalls. And how, when I called who I was in my business, he was like, you are not your provider. 
but really it was this idea first that I had to allow love in because I was always taught that nobody loved me. Yeah. You had to, I mean, you were reteaching yourself like truth yeah. from what your, you know, childhood was or what you originally thought, or you're trying to prove to yourself, whatever it was, you're like retraining everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. That sounds that's a grueling process. <laughs> and it, I mean, it takes, I think it takes bravery and guts to do it. I mean, thankfully Jesus helps us walk us through those things, but um, to admit for me personally, um, I'm a one on the Enneagram. So I don't like being looked at as like not doing the right thing or not, mm -hmm. you know, I have this like desire to be good. So to admit for me, like in a season like that, to admit that I was wrong in something to like change, um, I think that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I have this thing too, where if somebody sees me as weak, I don't like it. Yeah. It makes me feel really uncomfortable and being weak means that I might not know everything quote unquote, or I was, re I reacted and responded not in a mature manner. And when I'm around somebody that is mature and I respond in a different way, mm -hmm. I don't think that they're judging me or thinking that I'm weak. And I just, that is something that I still work through of I'm not weak, even when, I feel weak. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or we are, but we have him to, yeah, to be the strong one. So you have three books, Jessica. <clears throat> you have three books with the word worth in them. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about how knowing our worth sets us up for healing. Mm. I love, I love this idea. And I, I also want to preface that I don't think women have to come from this terrible background because I obviously a lot of people are like, well, I didn't come from this broken home and all these things. But regardless of what kind of home you've come from, loving or anything, you've still developed reliefs or reliefs, beliefs around certain topics or certain things that still impact you today. And it doesn't even have to be from your childhood. You could be going to college and what you thought it would be or whatever. And so I, I really do want to preface that of just saying, you know, we get, we're all healing in different ways and you don't have to be like hitting rock bottom to begin the healing journey. Yeah, that's so important. That. But knowing our worth preps us and prepares us for healing because knowing our identity in Christ, when we're made in his image, that means that we're made in his likeness, right? We're, we're synonyms are like a copy. We get to see our original design in Jesus. And we get, you know, we, scripture tells us be imitators of God as children. So that means that as children, we look to our father and we go, what is our father doing? What is his heart for that? I can, as a child, replicate his actions. I can see what he's doing and follow in those ways. But I have to know what his ways are. I have to know what his heart is for. So to be an imitator is to know. And knowing our worth means that knowing our identity and knowing our view of the father will directly impact our identity. If I view the father as somebody that wants me sick, uh, doesn't want me well, wants me to, is waiting for me to mess up so that he can, you know, send something to me or cause all this destruction, then my identity will be replicated in that same form. So knowing our worth prepares us for healing because when we understand that the father wants us well, that means that healing is ours. Yeah. Because we're knowing our worth in Christ and he's for our hearts. He's for our healing. Yeah. That's, I love that answer. Um, how do we know, like you said, it doesn't have to be our childhood or some trauma, but I think we all know we have a conscience for a reason, you know, like how do we know we need to like step into this place or how do we create space to begin that process? 
I think the first question is how do we know is how heavy you feel. Mm -hmm. I think our response, our reactions, our words tell us everything about our hearts. Doesn't scripture tell us that out of the abundance of our hearts, the mouth speaks? We can't hide the issues of our heart because they're going to come out, whether it's through our actions or through our words or how we interact in our relationships, how we treat our body. Are we numbing out on our cell phones? Are we, you know, emotional eating? Like those things are communicators or telling us something needs to happen. It needs to be done. And therefore, that's why I say, if you know that you're in this place of just exhaustion, fatigue, overwhelm, a constant state of anxiety, uh, just thinking tormented thoughts that are not a part of the kingdom, then there's probably time to, it's time to create the space. Creating the space is, it can look like taking time away, of course, getting accountability, uh, you therapist, counseling, all of that. And you might even need, um, you know, vitamins and nutrients and, and to start exercise. Like there's a lot of, I call it means of healing, but really it's, it's that emotional part because the emotional will bleed into the physical. Yeah. And creating the space really looks like that slowing down process to acknowledge that something isn't right. Again, it's, it's okay. Something I am angry right now. And then we can identify what we are expressing which then will tell us what it is that our bodies are trying to communicate. Is it telling us to slow down like that yellow light, you know, or is it telling us that right now, Jess, you are hitting your max wall. It is a red light. You need to stop. And then creating the space is really our responsibility, whether it's, we need to acknowledge that we need to seek forgiveness. We need to ask forgiveness. We need to just being willing to, and like you said, the courage to start to take out our cubby holes and to, in our, in our brains and in our pain and begin to process through them. Yeah. What would you say um, are some characteristics of healing? Like I have a feeling, and I know I've experienced myself just in different areas of healing. Um, Like we want to know it's working, you know, and it sounds in God, we can't put God in this box and be like, all right, God, I'm going to do these things. And like, I want to see this, this, and this from you to prove, you know, that I am, healing or we're moving forward in this, but what would you say some characteristics of healing are so that we can, even when we don't feel like, oh, you know, we're not getting anywhere or the process is hard or we're feeling discouraged. Like what are some things to encourage us and to give us some hope of like, okay, we're headed in the right direction, even though it might not feel like it, like here's the truth behind it. Yeah. I, one, I think you'll, you'll realize that you'll start to say sorry more sometimes. I, I know that's for me because I will often react out of a trigger from a feeling and later have to go back and apologize that this was why I was reacting or responding the way that I was and then being willing to communicate what it is that hurt me. And there's so many layers to that, of course. So mm-hmm. do you feel safe to express your emotions and the different backgrounds? One scripture that kind of popped out to me was the, the fact that quick to hear, slow to slow to speak, and slow to anger. I think that's a beautiful example of when we know that we're beginning to heal, we're more quick to hear people in what they're expressing. We are slow to respond with our words because we want to understand. And we're slow to anger because we are willing to have more compassion and understanding than uh, being the judge 
the judge Judy and juror, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, over somebody else's life. We can tell healing by the fruit we produce in our lives. Yeah, no, I was just, right before you said that, I was going to say like, the more we are like Jesus, the more we'll probably see and feel like we're on the right track. And obviously we are not going to be him, but the more like him um, in our hearts and our posture and and all of those things. Um, What has been one of the hardest things just for you, like throughout the process? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess, what is that? What has been some of, what have been some of the hardest things for you throughout that process? One of the hardest things for me has been identifying the beliefs and the lies. We often go day to day, day to day, thinking the same thoughts over and over again, but without really understanding where they came from or why we have them. And our, we, our life will follow our most dominant thoughts, which is why I often say to what we need to challenge the way we think to change the way we live. Yeah. Why is it that I'm thinking this way? So a lot of the beliefs I had, I've had to reframe and renew to God's word, which is the, one of the most, I think, important scriptures. You know, it, there's a couple of times throughout the New Testament where he tells us about the inner renewing of the man, renewing our minds, and me being willing to confront those. Of why do I believe this way? Asking myself questions over and over, that has been the hardest because I often respond out of the belief and the story I hold based on past experiences. Yeah. So how do you change that? What do you do? Yeah, for me, it it is the process of kind of the five-step process of we acknowledge, we um, identify, we accept without it becoming who we are. And then we ask what it's communicating. And then we have a conversation with God. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of a, a basic rundown of what I'll do on any given day. And the more, it's just like training. It's just like relationships. The more you put in, the more you're going to get out and the more you're going to be aware. And in the beginning, it's going to be really tough. It's going to be uncomfortable. You might not even know what you feel because your body is always protecting you. It's always for you. It's always for your healing. Therefore, if you've been in fight or flight for 90% of your life, it's going to be hard to come off of that. And so it's going to be a process that's going to feel uncomfortable. And that's why it's important to be uh, with somebody through the process, especially in the beginning for accountability. But now kind of coming out of this and doing my own healing journey of I have to continue to flex the muscle. Am I willing to go to the places that really make me feel insecure and uncomfortable? And therefore, I have to be willing to take my thoughts captive, like the word says, and hold it up against the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so easy. Trust me. It's like, <laughs> oh, that sounds so simple, but it's not easy. And again, it's that it, the more aware that you are, the more you can renew. Yeah. Therefore, I go through that like five step checklist and it happens very, like your brain will process it very quickly. But it's often what's the lie? And what's the truth? Because truth always brings the restoration. Yeah. Jessica, you are very passionate about health and fitness. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about like how this healing process emotionally in your life, like how that goes with the physical, the spiritual, like how do all of those things work together? Um, What have you seen in your own life? Like when you're working on one, how does it affect the others? How do we optimize and make, you know, the best, our help to make ourselves the best selves that God created us to be by um, having healing and pursuing, you know, God's goodness in all of those areas of our life. 
Yeah, I used well, I started out my, my journey of just focusing on body. Like I, there was no emotional or spiritual, even though I knew Jesus, I never incorporated the whole faith and fitness together. And then roughly about almost two years ago, it was this idea that we have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. And all three parts have very um, specific roles that they play. You know, the spirit is our born again. That is what was born again. Our nature, we have a whole new man, a whole new nature. Therefore, our soul becomes the gateway and our body is just the vessel. So our soul is the gateway, meaning if I partner with the spirit, I will manifest the goodness of God. I will manifest the fruit, right? Because it's all the righteousness, the truth, the holiness. When I partner with God's truth and promises over my life, therefore it affects my body. Meaning um, how, how I digest my food, how I experience the day, how I view the day. If I partner with my body, meaning I cut off the spirit side, I cut off God's word. I'm not thinking about anything that has to relate to him. I will produce basically death because the spirit lusts against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. And it tells us that when we partner with the flesh, it leads to death, but the spirit leads to life and peace. So when I partner with the flesh, I'll often get what? Headaches, uh, fatigue, you get tired, more tired. And therefore, if I partner with the spirit, there's, even though there's chaos, I can still have peace because I know the one who takes care of me. Yeah, it, It's that same concept of spirit, soul, and body. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Understanding the very important roles that each play. And the body is the vehicle. So what your soul tells it, it will follow. It might need time to, because our, our bodies hold the stories, which is our feelings that we've experienced, which is why when we get triggered or people hear noises or smells, we, we're triggered because our body has kept score. It, it knows how to respond to very specific situations. Uh, but that has been the easiest way for me to help women understand each part and how they play a role so that they can pay attention and also take care of. Yeah. Um, so what's life like on the other side when you are operating, you know, via the spirit and you are dying to yourself and not leading with your body and like, what's on the other side? What does that look like? How do you feel um, when those things are in tune and in line with what God wants for us? Mm. Because I, what I notice is the striving. I don't have to rest into making it work. I can rest in knowing that it's been done. Mm. And that's been the biggest thing is when, even when it comes to healing or things in my body, I can look back on his past faithfulness. And when his word talks about healing and we see Jesus ministry, he's always for us in any capacity of healing. And I, I kind of love the idea too, that he heals everybody differently. But the man on the mat, he actually asked him, do you want to be made well? Cause when you're sick for so many years, it's this opportunity in this, in this idea of when we encounter Jesus, we get the opportunity to ask ourselves, do I want to be made well? And therefore, I had to ask myself, do I want to be made well? And do I want to partner with God in my healing over and over again? Yeah. Therefore, I don't have to strive to create healing. I can partake, meaning I can still take care of my body. I can feel it. I might need to go to certain doctors or for, for help, but I will always sit on the truth that I'm healed. Therefore, I don't have to strive because I can rest in what's done. Yeah. Like, do you want to be well? Are you, are you do you know what you're saying yes to? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so that, good. That has been the biggest change for me. Okay. And how do you help women? Um, tell me a little bit just about 
your business and how you take what you have learned um, and help women walk through these things? I do a lot of coaching programs. Like every week I'll hold a new um, coaching group with through the company that I partner with. But really it's, yes, we partner with nutrition and fitness, but it's really the meat of it that I love the most is the daily devotionals posts and um, basically prompts is that I walk them through all of these processes and asking them questions so that I'm not telling them how to feel or what to do. I'm asking them questions so that they can understand for themselves which way in which direction that they need to go. Mm-hmm. Cause that was what really helps me. Even now I'm always asking myself questions. Just why is it that you feel this way? Or what is it that you're partnering with? Or it, it, cause it allows us to be aware of the moment right now of what they need. And so that's one of my greatest gifts is walking them through like 30 days of videos and posts and prompts and deeper dive into the word. Mm-hmm. So for somebody listening um, that might be similar to somebody that you work with, who is just in this season of just heaviness, and maybe they know that they need change and they don't know what it looks like, or they're crying out to God and they, they need healing in some regard. What encouragement do you have for that girl who um, is just sort of like on the cusp of this, but just feels um, like maybe it's too hard or too much or just whatever to something to like embark on. Something that really not ruined me, but delayed my healing was believing the doctrine that God wants me sick to teach me a lesson. So I'm experiencing this so that I can learn something. Therefore, in the midst of my sickness, physically and emotionally, it was always this, this learning. Okay, what can I learn from this? How can I learn? Therefore, I was never really pursuing. I mean, I was pursuing healing, yes, with some actions, but emotionally, it wasn't the pursuit. It was, okay, I'm experiencing this. I wasn't fighting it. I wasn't challenging these thoughts and what was coming my way or or rebuking or rejecting. It was more of, okay, God, um, I did this to myself. So what do you want me to learn? Therefore, if I can speak into other women that God is not just a pain manager, he's a pain taker and that God really truly wants you well, hopefully can just set people free. Because I think most of it is we take a lot of shame and blame. I have sinned. I have created some of these things in my life, or even if people have hurt us and stuff, we still take that as ownership and we think we're too far gone and we think that God is punishing us for it. Therefore, we stay in it. Yeah. Because why would we fight for healing if we believe God gave it to us? So So that is like my heart mission to say, we are called to heal the sick. He wants us well. He wants you well. It is okay to pursue healing because he's with you and he's for you in it. Yeah. Do you think it's something, um, actually my small group, my Bible study, we've been talking about healing a lot lately, um, just like intimate conversations with my friends about all of this. Do you feel like healing is something that um, people today just have this like, not negative connotation, but like, is it really, can you be healed? You know, and like whether or not it's you have cancer and you're asking to be healed or like believing that God can heal something within you. Like, do you think it's hard for people to believe because we're like too modern or too far removed from the times where we've seen Jesus heal people? I think that there are so many of us living 
Like I I can speak for myself. I was living in a lot of pain. Therefore, how could I believe that healing was even possible? Yeah. Because I was angry. I was angry at everything that was happening. I wanted justice for the pain that I felt. When we see other people all over the world responding constantly out of pain, how can we see or believe the other side? It becomes, here's all my pain versus here's the goodness and the testimony of God still wants me well, even in my pain. There's pain and suffering, but there's a tension of joy. Mm-hmm. And I just think even as believers, we're kind of, we don't want to hope too much because what if something? Like protecting yeah. ourselves, like not yes. like laying it all on the well, line. What is that then? I mean, is that just us hoping in our own, in our own strengths or having faith in things that we see? And when it comes to healing is that we have a free, free will. Therefore it's our choice in a sense of we get to choose. Do we want to pursue healing? Do we want to stand in healing? And I think that that is really probably the, one of the biggest things that I've seen is just, we see a lot of pain, but not too many healing testimonies. Mm-hmm. And I think when we see everybody responding in pain, which is what we relate to, right? Hey, I've been through this, but it's also, we don't, we don't have to stay here. Yeah. We can move through this. So good. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Jess, what do you feel like God has set you free from? Mm. Pain, yes. <laughs> like I get that. Like we've been talking about that, but like <laughs> a little, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He, I, I truly believe that the freedom pretty much, it sounds so weird, but freedom for myself in the sense of he's constantly reminding me that he knows the desires of my heart, that he is for me. He's not against me. And meaning I don't have to try to always make it happen. It goes back to, I can rest in what has already been done. Mm-hmm. And that's really what he's constantly reminding me of that I'm free of. Because we can get free. We're already free. And we can experience freedom. But it's our responsibility to stay free. Right? We can't just pray for healing and get healing. Walk through healing. And then not expect to practice healing practices. Right? We can't just expect that you lose 50 pounds and you're just going to stop exercising and working out. Because, well, I lost 50 pounds. Mm -hmm. You still have to pursue the actions in, in making um, things manifest in this world, right? Like we still want to partner with Christ. If he's the owner and we're the stewards, everything we've been given is we get to call, we're called to steward. So, yeah. I like that a lot. I love the fact that um, even though he can do such incredible big things, it's still our responsibility to continue to run after it. Yeah. That's good. Um, And I think, I just, I don't know about you, but do you feel like we aren't taking enough responsibility maybe? Yeah. Um, I think as a whole, um, again, I'm a one, this is not a podcast about the Enneagram, but I am like driven by conviction and like I have my like strength that overwhelms me is taking like too much responsibility sometimes. So personally I do because I have a lot of conviction about it. Um, but I feel not to, to say like I'm great at it all the time. I just mean uh, like within right. myself. Um, but as a whole, I do feel like it's, um, 
so easy to just like put it on somebody else or blame or say Mm -hmm. it's because of something that happened. Um, And I love what you said at the beginning, like you were 25 and at that time you were still responding in a way of something that, you know, happened when you were five years old and it's sad and unfortunate and it should not have gone a certain way perhaps, Mm -hmm. but like the fact that you would take responsibility yourself uh, for that, I think is so telling. Cause I think at the end of the day, as adults, as women, not like little girls, yeah, it's our job to do that. Um, And God will help us do that. And he's there waiting for us, but like we have to pursue it for sure. Yeah. I I just think that is important. I think when I say responsibility too, it's not saying that you're taking responsibility for the people and of the things that they've done to you is that you are saying enough is enough. Yeah. How can I pursue this healing in my own lane and in my own way with the Lord? Yeah, definitely. Um, can you tell us where we can get your books or learn a little bit more about them um, and just follow along you? You are such a light um, on Instagram. You have so much encouragement. I love uh, seeing your little notes that you write to uh, people. Uh, tell us how we can follow along. Well, I do love hanging out on Instagram. It's probably my favorite right now. So you can follow me at Jessica Hoddle. Uh, you can also come hang out with me on my podcast. Uh, What's the truth? I, re- <laughs> I release a lie every week. So I address lies. And that we tend to believe and bring truth to it. And you can always uh, follow me also on my website with jessicahoddle.com. Awesome. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you for walking us through um, just what that process looks like. Because I feel like, again, it can be overwhelming. And I feel like maybe we're sitting at the edge of it. But I think today you've helped us like walk through what that actually looks like. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in. 